listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Uh, I just want to thank uh, this couple here for being uh, just so sacrificial and, uh, and coming to invite us to participate, to join them along the movement uh, that God is doing among the youth. And I, I wasn't here last Sunday because I was at a youth retreat and I witnessed the need firsthand. See, I had gone to that retreat to preach on a subject that was based off of a verse on Ephesians 5. It was Ephesians 5.14. And what happened was halfway through the weekend, God changed the plans and I had to rewrite everything uh, and the leadership because he was doing something else. What we noticed was on Saturday when we did this Q&A with the youth, they started coming up and asking questions and we realized there was a huge need for the subject of mental, mental health. And if churches don't do enough to talk about mental health, uh, Hispanic churches, which was what that church, uh, I mean, what that retreat was mainly focused on, they talk about it even less. And when we talked about it, uh, we saw not only people be surprised, shocked, and amazed, but people that actually came to Jesus as a result of what they were hearing speaking life into them. And these were kids that were some of them were self-confessed uh, cutters, self-confessed uh, kids that were going under, I mean, that are in depression, uh, domestic violence at home, a lot of the things that we're kind of touching upon when talking about Youth Hope. So I want to encourage you guys to definitely uh, uh, seek in your heart to feel burdened by that, to, to want to help those in need, because there is a huge need. These kids need it. Um, we're in the middle of this ser- uh, series, excuse me, uh, Press Pause, and a lot of what started uh, the conversation for Press Pause was kind of us as a leadership looking into the mirror. And so that's why this, this subject that we're preaching on is sort of surgical upon us, and it's a little uncomfortable at times, because we have to look in that mirror and self-evaluate. And today, specifically in Press Pause, what we're talking about is burnout in the church, or more generally, for those of you that are new to church or don't consider yourself part of church, burnout as a result of serving. See, Jesus calls us to serve, and service in itself is sacrificial, meaning sometimes it's uncomfortable. But for some reason, over America, over and over again, what we see are leaders that sometimes get burnt out. And what I mean by burnt out is not only are they exhausted and overwhelmed, eventually they react the wrong way. Some people straight up leave. So burnout is an issue within the church. And so there's two crowds of people in today right here. And that those two groups are either the ones that are kind of burning out and... The other group is potentially the ones that can help do something about it. So I want you to consider the following. Today, God is speaking to all of us because he wants to challenge our perceptions of what it means to serve and who's actually running the show. So again, no matter which of those two groups you're in, God is speaking to you today. See, the definition of burnout, as I'm phrasing, uh, is... 
Burnout is physical or mental collapse caused by overwork or stress. So when we talk about burnout in the church, we're saying overwork or stress in the church. Again, a reality that happens, and that happens often in a church like this, a small church, because many people are scrambling to do a little bit of everything. So this is speaking to us, to our circumstance, and to churches in general that experience burnout. And I've seen burnout in small churches and in big churches. Not too long ago, a, church in a, uh, a pastor in a very big church resigned because of burnout. It happens. Too much, for some reason, there's a burnout. The way I see burnout is that it's basically the result of being exhausted by, of, by doing something you no longer enjoy. It has become a burden. That's really important. I want you to pay attention to that secondary Ricardo definition. Burnout is the physical or mental collapse on something that you no longer enjoy doing, but now it has become a burden. That means it previously was something you liked doing. That means it previously was something that brought purpose to you, fulfillment, joy, but now it no longer does. Now, it's something that brings stress. It's something that brings to you this, ugh, can I get out of it? Do I have to do it? That type of mentality. Jesus doesn't want us to serve that way. So the obvious is that there seems to be two types of serving. We're going to explore the good type of serving today and the bad type of serving and know how to filter them out, how to know what's the good service and what's the bad type of service. Because I want to serve. It's supposed to bring me joy. Jesus calls me to seek joy through serving, but sometimes I'm, burden, I'm, I'm burnt out, I'm stressed, I'm overwhelmed. See, burnout can happen to anyone. Like I mentioned, pastors, people who minister at church. Now you're going to use me, excuse me, you're going to hear me use that word, minister today. And it might be a churchy word for some of you. But to minister is basically to attend to the needs of someone. And that's the, one of the essence elements of the ministry of Jesus Christ. And that's why a lot of church people call what they do ministry, because they are ministering to others. They're seeing the needs of others and attending to those needs. So it's a good thing, and it should give us joy. Serving others should produce joy in our lives. But when we try to do too much, in other words, when our plates are too full, serving can become a hassle. And after a while, it can start interfering with other aspects of your life. I've seen people related to people that are overwhelmed at church, and they get a bad picture or a bad idea of what it means to serve at church. Soon, it starts burning everything out, and people want to stop serving altogether. They just want to, I want a way out. Open the door. I'm out. I've seen people leave church because of burnout. People get hurt by expectations that are not within God's will. People related to those with unbalanced plates get the wrong idea about church. See, it's easy to give way to decisions that lead to burnout. After all, we are called to love sacrificially. So here's the challenge. We're called to love sacrificially. So when we first feel the effects of burnout, we think it's okay. Warning. Just... Listen to that again. We are called to serve by loving sacrificially. So when we feel overwhelmed and stressed, 
We think it's part of the package. It's normal. But again, there's two different types of serving. And the one that's bad is the one that leads to burnout. So, Jesus teaches us that service, serving others should produce sustained joy, not burnout. That's the immediate tension that we face today. Why am I experiencing burnout instead of joy? Service should produce sustained joy, not burnout. We find this because in Acts 20, verse 35, we are told that Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So it's more blessed to give than to receive, meaning that when you do live sacrificially, serving others, attending the needs of others, you are blessed. And blessed is a multi-layered word, right? It's a, it, it includes many things, but one of them is joy. To be blessed is to be in joy. So you enjoy more the act of giving than the act of receiving. That's what Jesus is selling to us. So the problem is serving can lead to joy or to burnout. How then do we differentiate the good serving from the bad serving? Especially when giving is inherently sacrificial. There's got to be a way that we can be able to tell. And here's the idea. Good serving challenges our comfort. Bad serving challenges our time or ability to do it. Now, we have to unpack that. We have to be very careful. So good service is a type that challenges your comfort. That means you don't serve necessarily in something that you like. You don't serve in something that's necessarily your passion. You serve because there's a need. It's to attend the needs of others. So I'm not necessarily serving in this ministry or this area because this is what I love. Like I, w- I love working with kids and I'm going to serve here. If that's possible, then yes, But sometimes there's four people serving children and none serving youth, right? And so we need to first think about need. So sometimes I'm called to serve in areas that are uncomfortable to me. Sometimes I have to deal with the homeless person even though I don't want to give them a hug or I need hand sanitizer, right? So sometimes God calls us to serve And our comfort is challenged. That's good serving. That's the serving that Jesus sold to the apostles, to his disciples. That's the serving that Jesus modeled for us. But bad serving is when we're trying to serve in areas and we consistently see that the ability is not within us. Now, ability could be gifts or talents, but it could also be time. And that's our focus today. So if you are unable to fit more things into your plate because you just don't have the time, then be careful, you're headed towards burnout. Lack of comfort in service is a good sign because it leads to joy. But lack of time, the the time to fit or the space in your life to fit so much serving, that's a bad sign. Okay? So too much on the plate, that's the bad serving Uh, I'm not comfortable serving this population or this group of people. That's the good type of serving. That's the one Jesus did. That's the two distinctions. So think today, the first thing you have to take with you is, I want to distinguish between comfort and ability. Comfort, not being there when I serve is okay. But time, 
resource to do it, or time rather, the time God just doesn't provide you the time no matter how much hard you try, then God isn't probably calling you to have a thousand things to serve on. See, we want to now look at three ways to identify that type of toxic serving. Here's one of the first ones. It's our second bullet point today. If the amount of things you do to serve others gets in the way of your ability to do it for the glory of God, you are doing too much. I know, it's long. Let's go through it again. If the amount of things you do to serve others gets in the way of your ability to do it for the glory of God, you are doing too much to serve. That's a problem that many churches have faced, including ours. See, the first church that I became a member of, I was taught by the leadership there that ministry was about filling the gaps. And it was a bad lesson. I've discovered this as we've explored this series and as I've, we've been challenged by the Word of God by looking into the mirror, I've realized that no, that is actually toxic mentality. We're going to see from Jesus himself that that's not what he's calling us to do. So when we think about how much we're doing affecting the quality of our service, that's a good filter. If I'm called, for example, my vocation uh, outside from these church walls is to teach at CBU. I teach math at California Baptist University. If, let's say, I pick up too much stuff to do here at church, and that starts affecting the way I teach at CBU, I'm not doing it to the glory of God. I probably shouldn't be doing too much here. So let me, let, let's, let's unpack that. If what I'm called to do is getting affected by too many other things that I keep adding to the plate, but God didn't call me to do, even though they're good, even though they serve others, then I'm doing it wrong. Because over here, my mission field, my students, they're not listening to the Word of God. See, at CBU, I'm called to integrate the faith into what I teach. Yeah, math and God, I know, right? How do those mix? I, believe me, it takes a while. And that's the problem, right? I have to think about how to mesh those two and put together a good presentation. I started recently exercising this. I realized that God was challenging me to spend more time to do to the glory of God, to do with more excellence my teaching. And as a result, in the summer class that I'm teaching right now at CBU, I have a Hindu student who's been talking to me about accepting Jesus. Not because not of me, but because God is now working through the fact that he called me to something. I wasn't trying to do it with excellence, but now I'm trying to do it with excellence. I had never been in a situation like that before. This student has been told by his family that they would disown him forever and that they would rather die if he accepts Jesus. I've never had that type of opportunity to share the gospel with someone that is in that much persecution. But because I realized I was neglecting my area of service. So when, when we look at our plates, do we have main callings that are getting neglected? I'm not doing them to the quality of excellence because I'm doing too much. That's what this first point means, or the second point rather. We have to self-assess. 
we have to think about whether or not we're doing too much. Here's where God speaks this to us. It's a well-known passage. Jason shared it last week. Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do, in word or deed, that's whatever, by the way, whatever you do, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. I was at Comic-Con yesterday and a few days ago, and God was challenging me to think about this. How can I be here at Comic-Con to the glory of God? I'm having fun with friends, and I'm geeking out, but how can I possibly minister to someone? Will you bring someone along my path? Keeping my eyes open so that I do everything to the glory of God. But see, when we have too much on our plate, we are unable to do everything to the glory of God. We're not omnipresent like God is. Another point, another filter, if you will. If you are trying to fill in needs because there are no volunteers in an area and your volunteer plate is full, stop. This is one of the biggest mistakes I have made. I have not stopped. If you are trying to fill in needs because there are no volunteers and your volunteer plate is full, Stop. If you don't stop, that's what leads to burnout. Now, there is a point here that doesn't go along with that bullet point of ours, but it is directly related. If you are not volunteering and there are needs, help avoid burnout. If you are not volunteering in an area and people are balancing their plates because they have too much to serve, you need to come by and help. That's what Jesus does when he sees gaps. We're going to see in the gospel that when he sees gaps, when he sees need, he doesn't say overwork. He says, God, send more workers. Let's read. Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. And by the way, here's Jesus serving sacrificially. He was on the road every day, right? Every day on the road serving. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. That's sacrificial serving. When he saw the crowds... He had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. See, the way to respond to gaps, people not being served when your plate is full, like Jesus and the disciples' plate was full, is to pray for more disciples, to pray for more people to come. And that's why today we're speaking to two groups of people. We have those that are balancing too much. Their plates are about to fall. You know when you go to Chili's or some place like that and you see the waitress carrying too much, you're like, oh my gosh, it's going to fall. Oh my gosh, it's going to fall. Someone needs to stand by them and help them. We need to pray for that. And if you are here and this is your family, the mission is your family, and you haven't found an area in which to serve, this is your calling. This is your opportunity. You need to help some of those that are burning out. Some people here do too much. We need to help them. In Galatians, 
Paul tells us, bear each other's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now, it's probably more applicable towards sin, but still, we are called to have compassion on people and to help people. We need to love sacrificially, which means I'm not doing a thing, but maybe I can. Maybe I can relieve the burden of others by partnering with them to do their work. See, Jesus does two things. He teaches his disciples, rely on God's provision for workers and, pray, and, 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 and wait for those workers to arrive. Don't try to fill the gaps. Don't do too much that you neglect other areas of your life. One last filter. If you think you must fill the gaps of service to, to keep church growing, stop. God is in control. Leadership, like myself, fall prey to this over and over again. If you think you must fill the gaps of service to keep church growing, stop. God is in control. See, God is the one who grows. We're going to see Paul tell us this. We can't fall to the we can't fall under the impression that what keeps church running is us. And we are so tempted to do it. Every morning, we are challenged on Sundays by that. Because the, 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 the enemy attacks and starts unplugging cords and starts taking lights out and starts messing with the sound. And people are running around like crazy. And here we are in the midst of a series, Press Pause, where we're trying to say, well, God is in control. It's the church won't fall apart if these pretty lights don't turn on or those lights or if this cool lighting doesn't. But it's, it's inherent in us. I'm thinking about it too. Like, oh man, can I get the lighting right on those light bulbs? Can, can, can the service temperature in here in the back, can I fix the thermostat to get it just right? Can I, there's all these things and you know what? They matter, but they don't run church. They don't grow church. You're not here because of the seat's comfort. You're not here because of the temperature or because, you know, Mark plays awesome bass, which he does, or Chris plays awesome piano, or Alex plays awesome guitar. They do. (laughs) But that's not why you're here. You're here to grow in Jesus. And we need to remind ourselves of this because our sinful nature tells us, well, if I don't play it this way, then uh, services less people might walk out the door. No, God is in control. 1 Corinthians 3.7. Here's Paul talking about the very, you know, in a sense, division among the church about who it is that they should follow. And he reminds the church that neither of them really are running the show. Look at what he says. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. In the verses before, you see that when he says he who plants and he who waters, he's talking about servants in the church. Leaders, leaders in the church who are serving. And he's reminding the church, it ain't because of them. It isn't because of a pastor or a preacher that you come here. It's because of Jesus. He is the one growing the church. And our sinful desires that want to do everything to excellence sometimes 
think that we're doing everything to excellence to keep the show running. But no, you're doing everything to excellence to glorify God, not to keep the show running. You're doing everything to excellence to worship God. Not because the ship won't sail or will sink if you don't do it to the glory of God. But our sinful nature, God, it happens to me so often. It just pulls me in and it makes me think, oh, well, if I don't do this, you know, church needs me, man. If I don't do this, oh boy. No, it's to the glory of God that we're doing it, not to keep the show running. So... We need to remind ourselves because if we fail at that reminder, what ends up happening is a person, a leader, doing too much at church because they think subconsciously or subspiritually that they're keeping the boat afloat, but it's not. There are churches in Africa that don't have our production value and that are growing and thriving because the Spirit of God is alive and thick and the presence is there and something amazing is happening. Not because of all these other things. We still do them, but just don't think that they are what feeds the motor of the church. It's God who grows. He is the growth factor in our church. He is the one that's bringing a kingdom about. It's not us. He's bringing the kingdom forth. He's giving life to those who don't have life. And He chooses to use us out of grace to love others. He isn't choosing us because He needs us. He's choosing us because He loves us. Because it's a privilege and an honor to be His workmanship, to be a new work in Him, and to bring about a change all because God chooses to use you. Woo! It's not us growing the church it's God so uh, as I invite Chris to come up and start playing what I, I want us I want us to try to identify which of these two camps are we in are we in the camp that's doing too much which is my camp or are we in the camp where hey you know what I can do a little bit I don't have to go crazy but I can do a little more and the more people that join from that the don't do anything camp, the more people that come in side by side and help, the less that we have to do and the more we can concentrate on doing it to the glory of God. The more we can concentrate on that. So think about it. Is, if, am I not serving at church? And I don't want you to think religiously or feel guilty religiously about it. I want you to realize that God wants to use you. And if you're not serving at church, think about how you can help not just others that are in need, but the fact that you can be used by God to bring about something amazing. And then there's others like myself who are leaders who need to reassess. Now that we've pressed pause, we need to look at our plates and see what areas are worth investing or not. This is a direct continuation from Pastor Jason's message. He said priorities. This is about priorities. He talked about priorities. So we want to make sure that we look at our plate. What things are priority? My wife might laugh at this one, but when, I, when someone puts broccoli in my plate, I say, what for? Because <laughs> I'm not going to eat it. And she's the one that, yes, she reminds me that I should eat the broccoli, right? But the point is, we know what is superfluous, what is extra 
in our plates. We know what is, according to the millennial generation, so extra on our plates. We know. And God gives us the ability to discern that. So take a look inward. Let's go ahead and stand as the rest of the band comes up. Let's close our eyes. I want you to look inward as you close your eyes and pray. I want you to think about what God is calling you to do. Let's pray. Father, I don't want burnout to affect the church. I want the church to be a reflection of who is giving it growth. I want the church to be about church. I want the motor of the church to be you, not us. I want you to be glorified and displayed to all who enter through those doors. All the nice little things that we do, we do for excellence to worship you, but not to keep the engine running. Remind us of this. And as we look inward right now, God, I pray that as we look inward, we would ask ourselves, is our plate too full or can we fit stuff in our plate without going crazy? Can I partner along someone in church? Can I help Karen with kids? Can I help with worship? Can I help in sound? Can I help in serving or rather greeting others? Can I help by teaching kids? Can I There's so many areas that we can help with, Lord. That you would allow us not just to see the areas that we're passionate about, but the areas of need. And just start with one. Move me, Lord. Move me to have the right mentality about this and not the wrong mentality. To seek good serving and not bad serving. And as we keep our eyes closed, we say amen. Keep your eyes closed. If this resonates, if this message resonates with you, this, this God calling to the mission, Redlands, if this resonates with you and you want to respond with everyone's eyes closed, just raise your hand. I see hands all over the room. If you're responding to this, again, everyone's eyes closed. It's not a, a, a matter of taking tabs. It's a matter of seeing response. Say yes to God. Say, yes, I'm serving too much, or yes, I'm serving too little. Praise God. Thank you, Father. I ask that you would move through these people, including myself, because I raised my hand as well, Lord, that you would move through us, that you would change our hearts and our minds, that we would think about service the right way, that we would not burn out, but seek joy in serving. That we would not overflow our plates of serving, but rather we would have a balanced plate. That we would partner along our brothers and sisters so that we can relieve what they're doing. That joy would be the purpose of serving, not burden, not stress. I pray that your name would be exalted in this place and in the city of Redlands. And that through this serving, some of us that are responding yes to serving today might even help Youth Hope and all the people in need in the city of Redlands. We pray this all in the name of Jesus Christ. And our church said...
listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.